All right, how are you guys doing? Today's episode is sponsored by Raycon. We're going to have the Aussie actually on. I think he's going to be on here in the next episode. So I just go. I just went ahead and just left the mic there. Uh, he's on his flight over to America as we speak. Whoa, my God, I got to sneeze. Okay, false alarm. I thought it was coming. He's on his way over here. Hopefully, we'll be able to expand the show just a tad bit. And honestly, my goal is to actually, uh, it's coming back. The sneeze is coming back. Well, that's pretty annoying. I have a sneeze that's like right on the verge of wanting to come out. So at some point during this episode, it's probably going to come. But look what came. I ordered a dummy round. This Well, this is the, r- the right shell casing for that Bradley we spoke about. So it finally showed up. So you guys see this sitting right here. That is exactly what it is. This is a 25. Mike, 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 my God, we got to do it. It's coming. Here it is. <laughs> All right, we're good. So there's a, a video I'm going to actually share with you guys that came out just a few days ago. It was of a woman, it was a Russian lady, who was trying to explain how the world feels towards Russians. It, it's fairly telling, and it's, it's not going to shock anybody who's on here like, that, that watches this channel regularly. this lady was attempting to enter the United States from Mexico, and apparently she's been living inside of Brazil for around six-ish months or so. Now, the strange portion of this video isn't the fact she's struggling to get anywhere, well, anywhere really with this passport, or she's being looked at down on, or excuse me, looked down upon because of the nationality she is. The weird thing is, it's, I don't know, is the fact that this individual cannot comprehend why, why it is that maybe the entire world, like, looks at Russians the way they do. And then she states that the Russians actually never done anything like aggressive. And she used an example like pulling out a knife, which honestly would be a bit better than what they've done in the past. I have stated this also, that what is going on right now is going to affect the average Russian civilian tremendously over the next few years to decades. It's going to. We're going to see videos like the surface and whatnot. They're, they're not going to be able to go anywhere. Like, really, they're not going to be able to go anywhere. All because of the choices of one man and basically, I, I say one man, but basically one country's choice. I, I, you know what? I can't really actually say that because they're sure. I'm sure there's a, a a big chunk of Russians that don't agree with it, but they can never say anything about it. But they're stuck in that position. Now, Ukrainian and U.S. officials have also stated that Russian artillery fire is down dramatically from its high point. In some cases, as much as 75%. Now, we're talking about a shift from about 20,000 rounds per day to around 5,000 rounds a day on average. And I remember actually uh, stating something about these numbers. because I, I remember I was trying to do it live when I saw the 20,000 round figure. And we were trying to discuss how many rounds that was per hour. And it was just mind-boggling back, back then. And I think it was like months and months ago. Is, is Russia trying to switch? Are they trying to switch what's going on? Because right now, 
they've been they were targeting all the the bigger cities and whatnot when they were trying to push through. That was their big deal. They're trying to just absolutely just smash them with artillery, which they did. I'm not going to say they did it effectively because they were doing really bad things with those rounds, like hitting like civilian targets. But you know what I mean? They were they were smashing areas with artillery. It didn't pan out too well for them, very clearly, as we know. Now, I think we're seeing one of two things possibly happening right now. Russia's either starting to ration off their artillery rounds a bit because they they well they burned through a very large chunk of their supplies, which possibly could be the case, or or they completely have shifted the way that they've thought the fight in this war by adjusting their tactics. And in, in the way that they're using these rounds, I think it's almost a mixture of the both here. And to be honest, with you guys, this is just my opinion. I'm not a military expert by any means. Never claimed to be. I, I you guys know my you guys know my backstory. If you guys have been here for a while, I'm not a military expert. I mean, I, I I was in the military, but I'm not like I'm, I I don't have access to the amount of rounds of shooting. But I think the spring effective, or excuse me, the spring offensive is going to be something. That, that shouldn't be taken lightly from either side. Okay, I think it's something that the Russians are hedging their bets on, like a significant amount. I also think the Russians are should be a little bit more cautious with, with the way the Ukrainians are looking at it as well. I think the Ukrainians can go on the offensive in certain type of areas of the country and absolutely smash the Russians. I really do, especially if they get more and more stuff in kind of like this. A lot of people don't think this is going to be a big player. I personally do. Because you start mixing in Bradleys with tanks and infantry, like you have this whole... That's the way it's supposed to be, okay? You mix this stuff in with tanks in, in light in, in, in light units, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a mixture of just straight hell for the Russians. Uh, I don't think by the way, I don't think it's gonna be a barrel issue or like an equipment issue why they're starting to bring back or scale down um, the amount of rounds that they're firing. I think it's a I think it's somewhat of a round count issue and more of a precaution issue. I really do. So we hear a lot of intercepted and disturbing intercepted calls coming out of uh, out of Russia slash Ukraine of Russians like talking to like significant others and or friends. Now this one right here is going to take the cake. This one was just published by the SBU, which you guys are going to clearly hear or read, I guess you'd say, terrible things that the Russians have openly admitted to while confiding with their with their friends back home. Девки Now, if that call right there does not give these men some motivation to kick the Russians out of their country, I don't know what will. The call also really hasn't been shared by mainstream media, so I'm not really sure why many, I, I don't think a lot of people heard this thing. The fact that they can openly admit such acts without any remorse is just disturbing in and itself. All right, new year, new goals. I know a lot of you guys and gals out there have some fitness goals and you need something in your life inside of your earbuds. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, it's going to be Raycons Everyday Earbuds. They're amazing. They look, they feel, they sound better than ever. They have optimized gel tips with the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, they will not move, they will not budge, they will not do anything. Yes, these suckers are right here. Look at this thing. Pop this thing open. This is how they come. I've had a few of these. I've been, I've been, I've been with Raycon for a few years now, not just on this channel, but my other ones. And I'm telling you guys right now, they are 
Awesome. They offer an eight-hour playtime in a 32-hour battery life. Yes, an eight-hour playtime in a 32-hour battery life. Raycons are also priced just right. You guys get quality audio at half the prices other premium audio brands. My big thing, though, is the carrying case. It's magnetic. You throw them in there. They just suck in there like that. Look, they're not going to pop out. They charge inside this thing. I love it. They're affordable. They have tons of great colors, multiple different colors. And when you stick them inside of your ears, they're going to suck in there. They're so good. Easy switch tracks. Like you guys can take a call with them. You can actually call. You can turn up the volume just by tapping them on the side. It's really, really awesome. Tap the music automatically pauses when you guys actually remove them from your ear as well. It is really, really great. It removes them when you put them back in. It's really cool. They have awareness mode. So when you guys are on the go or running errands and you guys want to keep track of your busy kids while you're listening to your favorite podcast, well, they have this awareness mode feature where you guys can listen to your music and or podcast, but you can hear what's going on around you. Okay. It's really cool. They're water resistant, they have a variety of colors, and they're noise isolation. So all you got to do is click the link in the top of the description, and you, or you guys can just go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth, and you guys can get 15% off your Raycon purchase right now. You guys are needing something for your office environment, working out, whatever it is, or just your daily use. Check these out. You need to give them a shot. Go to buyraycon.com forward slash speak the truth to get 15% off your Raycon purchase. Thank you so much to Raycon. Check them out. They'll be linked at the very top of the description. And it seems that the Russian propagandists are now back from their break. That they, well, they took a little bit of New Year break, like a, a handful of days. You know, they had to, they had to dig. But you know what? The normal crazy is coming back out. And the talk we're seeing, well, it's it's not really far fetched. I'm going to summarize the first bit of this whole segment for you guys, so you guys don't have to listen to what I had to. And sometimes you just sit there and you're like, oh, it's like this over and he's like, God, oh my God, can you just move on? But the body, uh, who, who we know is always talking about nuclear talk. He, he's got this. I guess he's got some nuclear scientists. He's close with Putin as well. He says that they need to actually leave this internal agreement that they've they've had that they can't use nukes for testing. It's been around for like 30 years, I guess. They, they can't have been able to test these nukes for 30 years due to some agreement, okay? He's stating now that this is the time for the Russians to use preemptive strikes using nukes to stop aggression and states that they should be uh, used in an event uh, that could possibly... Uh, where Russia couldn't exist, which I, I don't know entirely what that is. I think there's a, they're just like wargaming in their own mind, thinking like the United States is going to come and take Russia. I, I don't really know. I, I don't think anybody really. I don't think they even know. So now you're caught up with it, and let's just go ahead and roll a chunk for you guys. Мир уже не надо пугать. Надо просто ясно сказать им. С одной стороны, мы разрабатываем новую доктрину, о которой президент сказал. А с другой стороны, мы понимаем, что наша единственная защита сегодня, ну не единственная, конечно, но тем не менее одна из немногих защит. То есть мир да, не там, надо пугать, уже пора бить в нос. Пора, по крайней мере, выйти из этого соглашения. Начать. Пора И бить. я думаю, что, что этот враг... Скорее задумается, чежели, нежели мы ему какие-то эфемерные а красные линии будем рисовать. Леонид, а? вы предлагаете на ком? провести испытания. У нас есть для этого огненная земля, So we are back to the whole new talk once again. Yes, I, I'm not entirely sure why the Russians are going to want to test nukes or why they think it's going to be in their favor. All this will do is force the, the West hands a bit more to supply Ukraine with more firepower and to put troops inside of Ukraine in a tougher situation. Uh, than they're currently dealing with. I, I, I just I feel like that's that's what's going to end up happening. The current administration inside of Washington is not going to allow the Russians to win the war. They cannot do it. Okay, politically speaking, it will make them look so bad. The right here in America, for the most part, seems to not really. It's, it's so weird. I myself am kind of a mixed person. Okay, I'm a mixed bag person. I'm more right and I'm more. I like because a lot of people think that the left is going to be like for the Ukrainian war and for giving them a ton of money, which 
I'm actually okay with. Okay, give, give them what we need to do. And the right absolutely hates it. They hate giving Ukraine money, and they hate what we're, they don't really understand why we're doing it. I'm like so in the middle. A lot of people don't realize it. I, I'm like for both things. And so, so on the, on the side, I, I want to see Russia get their face kicked in, their teeth kicked right through the, like right to the back of their throat. I really do. Um, anyway, really random, but stating this, uh, I don't, I, I don't think they're going to allow them to, to lose. The Ukrainians cannot lose inside. It, it just, I don't know. And the Russian stating this, this would somehow punch the world in the face. I don't know. It's somewhat funny. Like, who really thinks the Russians even have the slightest capabilities they claim to have? After we've seen how effective their military really is, you're going to hear this guy. Actually, he talks about, like, he's hinting as well that the Russians, their, their stuff is, is obsolete and they need to test to make sure it actually works because they don't really know. Почему нельзя испытывать? Зачем не надо? Потому что натурные испытания нужны только, когда разрабатывается новый тип боеприпаса. Вот когда а старые боеприпасы, старые боеприпасы, компьютерное моделирование задачи справляется процентов, продляется срок службы. Да. Нет, нет, и американцы нет. это делают, и мы, кстати, мы, в отличие от американцев, у нас производство. Мы производим, утилизируем, производим, утилизируем. Американцы не производят. Они Понятно. закрыли сейчас пантокс. Но вы как раз добавили открыли. хороший довод, почему надо еще раз испытание. Ну, слушайте, да, разрабатывать новое. So we can go ahead and acknowledge the truth here. That in fact, the war in, is not with the United States or the Poles or the Brits like he's claiming. There's none of those on the ground inside of Ukraine. It's, it's, you know what, I'm actually getting kind of, you know what, actually, let them think that. Let them keep saying that over and over again to the population because if they think that we are inside of the war and we're fighting us right now inside of Ukraine, just imagine what their thought process will be when it actually happens, if it actually were to happen. My God. Okay? I'm actually fine with it at this point. You know, you know what? Go ahead. Do you're, you're, you're doing us a favor by instilling, they're instilling in their civilian population that they're in fact in war with us right now. Like, we are on the war inside of Ukraine. We're on the ground right now, like America and Poles and whatnot. Like, they're, they're giving them some sense of security, some false sense of security, because now they're thinking, hey, we can hold back the Americans. Don't you worry. But if the day ever does come where they have to intervene or we have to intervene or anything like that, it'll be very quick and very unexpected. Like, the response will be something they cannot handle. segment. <laughs> Наверное, мы делаем громадную ошибку. Его надо совершенствовать, надо разрабатывать новое. Надо это показывать. И бояться этого не надо. Что вы, собаки, еще раз дернетесь, получите дубины по башке. Ядерные причем. Когда начинают говорить по красной линии, но ну, этих красных линий уже было, как у дурака Макорки, честно говоря. Уже надоело про них говорить. Надо один раз навернуть по Франции. На этом все закончится. Все подожмут хвост, я вас уверяю. Никто не пожелает идти. Причем не надо задействовать стратегический потенциал, нашу триаду. Нет! У нас без этого хватает зарядов. Для того, чтобы вот эта Франция пыль осталась-то.
И больше никому было не повадно. Ну или от Британии. И когда мы говорим сегодня о том, что вот там на поле боя мы победим, да победим без сомнений. Победим. Но мы должны глобально победить. And this right here is clearly not the way that you'd want this to play. I don't think there's a country right now on earth that has the capabilities or that has the capabilities, excuse me, um, if Russia were to hit them or strike them, that they wouldn't respond. Like this mindset for the Russians is also one of their major weaknesses as well. Not understanding where they sit in the world with regards to how powerful they really are is going to do nothing but hurt them in the long run. Like you will hear me discuss this with Anton in later episodes from the interview we did with him, which should be coming up tomorrow, the day after. We have like, a, it's like a three or four. How, how many part series is it, Charles? Four? He thinks it's a four part series. So we talk about this as well. It's one of the most stubborn things the Russians, they're, they're so stubborn they can't really get out of their own way at times, which ends up being really their demise as a whole. This right here is is a man letting his ego get in the in the way of not realizing, hey, they aren't the big dog inside of this fight. We're not the big dog in this fight. We're much smaller than what we really are, but we want to pretend to seem much big, like uh, seem, seem bigger than what we really are and puff, and puff our chest out in hopes to instill some fear. Даже если мы дойдем до западной границы Украины, точнее, не даже, а когда мы дойдем до западной границы Украины, на этом ничего не закончится. Совершенно не закончится. Они вписались настолько, что до момента, когда мы туда подойдем, мы увидим на территории Украины уже воющие не только польские части, которые реально присутствуют в полный рост. Вот их нужно уничтожать. Где? Вот эти польские на территории Украины. А почему не на территории Польши, на марше, когда они идут на территорию Украины? Just had to pause it here once again because I, I don't know where they're getting their intel from because it's absolutely terrible. Like, what Polish army units are currently fighting inside of Ukraine? None. Okay, I, I would like how he slipped in there, there as well, like just slipped in with a little bit of lube that they're going, they're not going to stop once they hit the border of Poland as well. I was like, oh, we're not going to stop at that border either. Okay, where are you, you going to go? You can't even get past Bakhmut right now. Where, like, you haven't even taken Kharkiv, and it's taking you what? We're almost a year into the war, and you haven't even taken that city. Come on now. What is going on here? Соотношение сил. О, вот соотношение сил в обычных вооружениях не в нашу пользу. Именно поэтому есть ядерное оружие. Но если вы заранее говорите, что ядерное оружие нельзя использовать, они это прекрасно понимают, знают. Владимир Рудольфович. То есть, хотя из этого надо Россию постепенно, постепенно истощать. Но если бы ядерное оружие было только у нас, вопросов нет. Но у них тоже есть ядерное оружие. У Соединенных Штатов, у Франции, у Великобритании. От три страны, у которых есть ядерное оружие. Это значит, что Польшу вы... Румынию вы ставите возможными целями, так как у них нет ядерного оружия. Да Финляндию, нет. так как у да них нет, нет ядерного оружия, они не в НАТО. Нет. Вы ставите возможные нет. цели. Нет. И Украину вы ставите возможные цели, потому Я что они и не в НАТО. Я невозможным нет. применение ядерного оружия. Тогда не зачем возможно. оно вообще нужно? Это политическое средство сдерживания. Кого оно сдержало? Сдерживание. Как это сдержало американцев от поставки всего спектра вооружений? Когда они войдут на территорию Российской Федерации серьезно, своими войсками, войсками своими, не советниками или там, там наемниками, которые... Но вошли они правильно, но пока нет такого, что вот они заявили, что мы будем воевать своими вооруженными силами. А зачем им силами? это? Хорошо, они в Вьетнаму войну не объявляли. Они не объявляли войну ни Вьетнаму, ни Ираку, ну, ни Сирии. Ну, ну, что мы, ну, Но ну, они же без объявления войны вводили свои войска. 
Но американцы же не объявляли Еще этой войны. Говорю, когда речь встанет о существовании, об угрозе существования российского государства, как написано в нашей доктрине, мы уверен, применим когда, ядерное когда оружие. А до этого, до этого, все эти разговоры, я считаю... So at least this guy has a little bit of sense, or excuse me, common sense when stating it would be impossible to use a nuke against a country that has a more formidable army and also has access to nukes. That, that's what I, like, at least this guy has a little bit of common sense. And that's where the normal host is like lacking, you know, like the normal guy we see uh, with, with, with knowledge. And he just speaks with his emotions on his sleeve. He doesn't like speak militarily. He just speaks like a dictator who is just trying to, I, I don't know, is fine with throwing human life to the wayside for just a little bit of power. Okay, that's that's what we see on a constant basis coming out that guy. I would say his name is Vladimir, but I mean, that's very vague because just about every single TV host is named Vladimir over there for the most part. So we're going to be shifting over to a little bit of mapping for you guys. There's a little bit of stuff going on in some certain areas. I'm going to tell you guys right now. So we have uh, we have the Ukrainians um, going on a, a, a small counteroffensive or an offensive south of Dubrovo right there. So this is one of the areas that was taken by the Russians about four days ago. The Ukrainians held it. Now the Russians held it. Now the Ukrainians are pushing back through. Right now it's contested. Okay. They've entered the town itself. So this area is contested. It's not under Russian control fully. So there is an element we know north of here. So I'm sure they're going to get shifted down to try to hold that city. Okay. But for the most part, this is pretty much what has gone on inside of this whole northern region. Nothing coming out of here other than just normal attacks by the Russians trying to push out. Nothing along this line. They are still trying to push south out of here as well. They're just trying to close some pockets off. They would really like to close this entire gap like this. This is what I think the Russians really would like. I think they would be okay with this. If they can actually control that chunk right there, they would have access to the roads and those major towns so they can actually regroup and push out. I think that would be a win for them, honestly. Do I think it's going to happen right now? No, I don't. It was zero degrees. I think, what is that, ne negative 18 Celsius is what I read. It was negative 18 Celsius inside this area in Bakhmut, and that is... To, to me, that is, I mean, you're talking, that's cold. I don't, I don't enjoy it. I know they're, they're from this area, but man, that is, that is, oh, oh my God, it's disgusting. So the area around Solodar, we just shifted south out of, out of that area we are just looking at, is, um, it's, uh, what, what's the word that they've been using? Because the Ukrainians use the same word. It's uh, interesting, is, is, is to say the least. It's difficult, Okay. It's not looking too favorable for them at this current time. That is the Ukrainians. The Russians have now gained control of the high ground on either side of the city itself, and they have access to the main supply route that leads into the city. And what I mean by access, they're able to hit it with small arms fire. That is not a good thing. So I expect, I'm going to expect, we're going to see a Ukrainian counteroffensive of some sort, possibly, because they do not want to have this pocket of men that's trapped in Bakhmus and Solid in Solodar. That, that cannot happen. So they got to maintain this route right here. This whole area has got to be maintained. They got to have freedom of movement through here. Now we know that there was a counteroffensive in the Saltman later or uh, earlier this week. We'll talk about it here in a second. But all this ground you guys see right here, this is all high ground. Okay, so this is basically imagine Solodar is in the valley, and either side of these things is the high ground. So all through here is going to be your low ground. All through there. So now the Russians control that high ground on either side, which clearly is not a good thing. They are sustaining some insane casualties to do this, though. And we have said this over the last month or two, I think in the last couple of months, uh, that what, what, is, what gains are the Russians really getting here with the amount of casualties they are sustaining while trying to do so? The Russians have also deployed some fresh airborne troops on the north, I think the northeastern side 
So this northeastern side of in between Yakovica and Solidar, right through here, I think this is where those airborne troops were actually deployed to. They did this to try to gain access to those salt mines in the north, which is this one right here. So that salt mine, you guys can see it a little clearly, says salt mine. A Ukrainian counteroffensive actually took place two days ago, and this was just north of the city itself. It was controlled by the Russians just a little bit. I'm gonna say it was heavily contested, but now the Ukrainians have pushed back through. They have it, but now it's it's back and forth. So this whole salt mine, like I said, they got to control the access out of here. And that's where that salt mine's at. So heavy fighting taking place inside of this area, like significantly. Like the main thing here, or the main thing, I guess you would say, is the, the fact the Russians almost have the city completely cut off and they have access to hitting the routes leading into the city. So that is not a good thing for the, the for the Ukrainians. I would expect, I would expect possibly if they have the men to do so and the resources, a counteroffensive to beat back those Russians, if possible, because them controlling that high ground is going to really affect them inside of you know, northeastern side of Bakhmut as well, and possibly losing all the men and resources and everything they have inside of Solodor and Bakhmusk. So, doesn't look great there, but I'm not saying it, it's not over with, because remember, all this is still all high ground all through here. This is still all high ground. So, the Ukrainians do control the high ground leading out of here. It's going to be very slow, and I know a lot of people hate the word it's a, it's a freaking meat grinder, but it is. Okay, now the current, you, let me look at this. Look at the current image you guys are seeing right now. This is coming out of the eastern side of Bakhmut as well. Now, the Russians are just pounding this area with constant artillery that's taking out every single building possible. Like, no regard for civilian life whatsoever. I would assume there's no civilian side of this area right now, and there hasn't been for a while. Well, that's pretty much that. Now, just south of here, the Russians have gained a little bit of ground. We're going to say right here and right here, and also, I guess, another chunk just on the outer edges of Bakhmut. So they got three different areas. Now, I'm going to show you guys a video, which um, I, I think it's pretty good. I've been watching the, these updates from these guys. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and share it because they're giving updates from on the ground inside of uh, inside of Bakhmut. They've been doing it daily. Короче, всю чучуму, ну, на тому виході добре відпрацювали ЗГС, а по нам працювали там міномет і РПГ, ось, СПГ. Але знаєте, чому розвіслились? Ми, ну, нормально їм насипали, а гранати салом натирали. Українським чесничком. Ну, не знаю, як воно там поділо чи не поділо, але це так. Друзі, дивіться, що по ситуації наразі в Бахмуті в Солідарії. Солідарія там тяжкі бої, а от ці типа десантні частини, це, короче, ті розхерачені підрозділи Запорєбриковські, які були розбиті в Україні, їх там, вони ж служили там багато призовів. Понагрібали нового м'яса і вперед кинули на прорив. Проблема в тому, що вони ще там не особо шугані, ложаться, біжать їм там пропагандою накачали і намагаються перерізати трасу. Але 46-та там танкісти, прикордонники, там Юра Бутусов доповідає. По Бахмуту у нас ситуація наступна. Штурми як були, так і є. Масово лізуть, намагаються там через Кліщівку на трасу вийти на Константинівку. Але всі там підрозділи нормально тримають оборону, підсипають наші артилеристи, мінометники. БПЛА, опять же, в чергове за ці майвіки. Чудова трансляція, коригування, в тандемі добре все працює. 
Если было бы, знаешь, на БК, то я думаю, мы бы уже там их позабывали, блин, мышечи норы, они бы звук не вылазили. Ну, того, что есть пока досить, но хотелось, чтобы его было просто безмежно. Брат Фокс, скажи пару слов. Что, у нас все хорошо, мы, как всегда, на позиции працюємо. Настрой боевый, вышли на сутки, на улице стало теплее, ну, как-то приемнее працювати. Брат Тарантино, все хорошо, стоим, никуда не покидаем позицию, працюємо по ворогу. Ворогу не дамо зайти никуда, не на сантиметр. Это по нашей точке, да? Да, да. Друзья, мабуть, им очень не понравится мы, поэтому не хвилюйтеся, все будет хорошо, все будет Украина, слава нации. Смерть врагам. So, that guy right there